Welcome to Motherhood Every Kind of Way. We want to take a closer look at the journeys of women after and through motherhood. Hey, Lynette here. Thanks so much for tuning in today. And just a reminder, if you support this podcast and want to hear more conversations like these, please subscribe and like us on social media and let us hear from you. So in today's episode, I talk with my friend Aisha Sinclair. About 10 years ago, we worked as actors for the same educational theater company. I was newly married and childless, and she was a single mom of a grade school age kid. I've always been drawn to Aisha's ability to follow her passions while simultaneously raising a really rad kid on her own. These days, she identifies as a mother, a children's book author, an artist, and an energy healing practitioner. Aisha's originally from Southern California, but last year, she followed her interest in the South to Savannah, Georgia to do some research for her second children's book, and while she's been there, found herself on staff at the Savannah African Art Museum, curating exhibits and planning events. Aisha, to me, just exudes art and light and this idea that any interest is worth following. I am really excited to talk to you. Yay. I actually had, I was um, dreaming about you. Oh, you <laughs> I think I was like anxious and excited to talk to you. Oh, we were cool. like back in LA. Yeah, all right. Oh my gosh. You know, when I first met you a little over 10 years ago in Los Angeles, and I think we're the same age, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, can... I think so. <laughs> we're the same I think age. we are. I think we are. Did you graduate from high school in 98? It's okay. No, I, we can, I, whatever. I, I think I might be older. I'm, I graduated in 97. I'm 30. I turned 39 yeah. a couple months ago. Me too. We're like the same exact age. When I met you a little over 10 years ago, you already had, you had your daughter, you know? Yes. I mean, how old was she at the time? I mean, I remember her she... turning 10. Yeah. Oh my so, gosh. She, she, yeah. Well, she's about to be 19 next month. Oh my goodness. So she's, I mean, yes. Yeah. You have an adult child. Yeah. I have an adult child. It is, it is surreal. Do you mind kind of going back to the beginning and just telling me a little bit about yourself before you became a mom? Well, sure. You know, it's funny enough. It's funny because she's turning 19 and 19 was the age that I found out I was pregnant with her. And so it's all, um, you know, coming a bit full circle in that way we essentially grew up together that's how I that's how I see it you know I was a, a kid mm -hmm. <laughs> and I had to grow up very quickly because I was having a baby that's exact I remember you saying that so clearly I have it written down yeah grew up together yeah <laughs> like that's something that I remember you saying back when we were living in the same place yeah so can you talk about what you mean yeah, well, I was growing into an a, a adulthood. I had, you know, it was my first experience outside of my parents' home. And then on top of that, I was now having to raise my own child. Um, and for her, you know, I was, I was raising her. It was um, this being that I was responsible for. And I couldn't yeah. take her back. And there was no, you know, it wasn't like my parents were going to be like, you know, bring her here. Well, you know, we'll take care of you. They were like, you, you, this is your decision. So, you know, we support you, but this is, this is your life. So let me think, were you in a relationship at the time? Yes, actually, I had actually gotten married. I got married to her father a couple days before I actually had her. And yeah, we were married for about four years before we decided to call it quits. And then I ended up raising her mm -hmm. on my own until she turned about 18 until now I'm still raising her I'm still I'm although yes. I'm, I'm on we're on separate coasts <laughs> oh 
yeah. So I'm still there. Yeah. Um, you were living in Los Angeles when she was born. Um, right? Yes. Yeah. I was living in Los Angeles mm-hmm. around that time. I was an actress at that time. I had, you know, had been doing all the auditioning and all of that kind of stuff. And, and I kind of had to stop for a little bit. And fast forward five years after I had her is when I, I started working um, for the theatrical company that we both worked for. And, yes. Um, yes. you know, that was something that helped me as a single mom have a job that was stable Um, a job that allowed me to still be creative and still allowed me to, you know, pursue entertainment acting in that kind of a way and be able to still raise my child by myself. Right. How, so what did that look like? I'm thinking about how you moved in with your Mm ex-husband and you had your daughter Mm -hmm. and you were there for a few years. And then when you split up, what did your life look like then? Oh God, it was, it it wasn't great. It definitely wasn't great. When we split up, I had uh, moved into a a studio apartment with her. And, you know, I thought, okay, we can do this. This is cute. I can just paint it, you know, make it look cute and everything. And, you know, she can still (laughs) stay in preschool. I can work because I was working with another company right when we had split up. But it was still like a part-time job. So I, all honesty, I was struggling at that time. And um, staying in the studio apartment until my parents came to visit me, they were like, oh, no, you cannot live here. You cannot live here with Mm -hmm. your your child. So they made me move in back with them, uh, with her for a little bit. I ended up going back to Orange County, which is where I, where I grew up. And, and so I ended up um, staying there with my parents for a while, for about, for about a year, mm-hmm. until I ended up getting another job and moving back to L.A. And then once she was in school and you were working at that theater company that we both worked mm-hmm. with, what's so amazing to me is when I think back on that time, you just seemed like the rest of us, just maybe a little more grounded. Like you seemed a little like wiser like when I see moms right now mm-hmm. with three four five-year-olds sometimes we're pretty flustered and I don't remember that about you maybe you're just <laughs> I'm sure there were times I was I'm sure <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm sure that's true too. yeah I'm sure there were there were many times that I was but you know I feel like when I think back on that time I just mm-hmm. didn't allow myself to dwell in all of what could have been chaos I kind of was just like, mm-hmm. I need to do this, so I'm gonna do that, so that I can get it done, so that these things can, so that these things can happen. And it was not really just sitting in there worrying about things, it was just about doing it. That's, that yeah. was my mindset at that time. Was there a lot of conversation when you and her father were splitting up about how you were gonna take care of her together? How did this? Um, goodness gracious, there wasn't a lot of conversation. I, you know, I, we had we had a, a joint custody. But he ended up moving away, and right. he was gone for a good seven years before we saw him again. Wow. And so, she's, funny enough, she, I still let her go and visit her grandparents and things like that. So she was able to go still do those things, so she still had that connection. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I know that around those times, it was very important for me not to... Um, plant any seeds wow. uh, you know that would a resentment yeah, toward him ex- or his exactly yeah. exactly so yeah that was very very important for me so she was still able to have that relationship when he did come back around after seven years wow <laughs> where do you feel like you found that foresight how were you not sort of overwhelmed by you know frustration you know I, I yeah. my, mom will, my mom will probably cheer to this but I, I, <laughs> I attribute all this to to my parents to be honest you know 
Um, yeah. Maybe it was because I was I was so young and I was just coming out of my parents' household, so I still had their values instilled in me. I still had those beliefs and things mm-hmm. like that. And so those those things I was able to pass on without really thinking about mm-hmm. it. And so, you know, I've never really believed in holding somebody back from something they didn't want to do. And so yeah. if that, to me, regardless of, you know, how I may have felt, I just felt like it was easier for you to go and live your life. That's what you want to do. And if God provides mm-hmm. and, I'm, and I'm able to provide for my child and we're okay, then mm-hmm. I'm okay. You know? Yeah. That's just, that's just the way I saw it. Did you have other moms who were going through similar things. Did you have a community of people who were going through the same phase of life with you? Um, I, tr- I, I definitely, I mean, I've reached out. To, I remember reaching out to a lot of mom groups around the mm-hmm. early, the early years so that I could be, so I could be around moms and she could be around other children that were around her age. But funny enough, like a lot of the friends that I had growing up, everybody just kind of fell off because they weren't experiencing the same things I was experiencing yeah. at that age. They were, you know, getting to know themselves and things like that and not having to, be a mother. So I did reach out to some uh, mother uh, mom groups, I remember. And then I had uh, a friend that uh, we had ended up um, becoming close because we were um, uh, pregnant around the same time and, we, and our daughters were born like three yes. months apart. And so that was a, a, a great support system for me, was having another mom who was at least had a child that was the same age and that we got along and I can, you know, talk to. Mm-hmm. What about how you were an actress? You were an actress at the time that you got pregnant and then you sort of put it on hold for a little bit. Mm -hmm. Over the course of the past 19 years, how have you, your identity as a woman, what has that path looked like? That, that has been, that has been probably the, I think the biggest journey I've been on. I'm still, and I'm still on it. You know, yes. um, most definitely. You're in Georgia. Yeah, I'm in Georgia. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely still on it. It's funny because I could tell people that, you know, ever since I was a kid, I always knew what I wanted to do. I kind of had tunnel vision mm-hmm. in that area. Yeah. And then um, when I became a mother and I had to put things on hold, I had to try to think about other things I could do. And so mm-hmm. I tried lots of things. <laughs> Yes. I did. I tried. I tried lots of things. I, I I very much followed my curiosity, as some as some say. You know, I tried being learning photography. Yes. I've tried, you know, jewel being a jeweler and like making, you know, make, being making handmade goods and all kinds of stuff like that. And then you're doing upholstery. Upholstery. I was selling set clothing. designing. Yeah, I was doing all all kinds of things. All kinds of things. Actually, you know what? The dream I was having you of you this morning is that I met you and you were designing bathing suits. <laughs> and you know, I woke up very confused. Like, wait a second, I don't think that I should design bathing suits. But it seems like something she could do. It, it, it could happen. <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? It could happen. No. Yeah, but it's, you know, um, the, the journey as a woman, um, it's something that I'm still, I'm still discovering. Um, I was, ironically for years, I had personally suffered from fibroid, fibroids. And so I would always be, yeah, you know, I would be like walking around looking like I was six months pregnant all the time. When I finally, um, was able to get the surgery for that, that is probably a, a part of my life that kind of changed course for me in a way that made me really look at myself, look at my health, my mental health, the type of stress that I was mm-hmm. actually putting on myself and keeping inside all the years of being a single mother and yeah. how it manifested in my body. 
And so mm-hmm. um, because of that, I started learning about how to, how to heal myself. And I started learning about energy healing and things like that. Mm-hmm. And so um, that journey has opened up parts of myself that helped help me restore the things in me that I felt that I was missing, like my creativity, feeling grounded again, um, because this, this path is in life is not easy. Sometimes you have your, your ups and downs, your ebbs and flows. And so you do um, sometimes tend to feel quite lost. And so um, by, you know, focusing on learning how to really center myself, how to heal myself, how to work with the energy that I have. And that journey has been the, the most rewarding so far because it's helped me tap into all of the things that, that it came to this, you know, came into this world with that we often forget as human beings, you know. Yes. And so, yes. um, you know, and that is just to experience life and know that, you know, we are human and we are flawed, but, you know, we're here to have an experience in this world. watch other moms who are maybe on the same path but they're 10 to 15 years behind because you know our children are younger what what is the feeling you have about it I'm like you guys have it so you guys all got all the cool stuff (laughs) (laughs) I mean I mean everything's I look it up like oh gosh everything is catered towards motherhood these days it's like a hot commodity in some areas you know but yeah no I interesting so you view the world as sort of supporting mothers more now than it used to yes a lot more because you know Mm. I believe that when I was raising my daughter particularly being working as an entertainer it was like you don't tell anybody you have a kid you know it was like you just don't you just don't say that right nobody needs to know you know people need to see you in one way and so yeah it's definitely a lot more supportive nowadays you can you know now you can bring your kid to work and people don't really bat an eye as much they're like you know it's, it's a lot more of a supportive environment when you applied at Kaiser, did you reveal that you had a daughter or did you just show up and... Um, I did during the, mm-hmm. I think like one of the interviewing processes, I did. Yeah, because of the type of job it was. Those type of things, you have to make sure that they understand that. No, I'm very much supported, so you don't have to worry about, you know, me yes. not missing work because I have this, this, and this. But really, yes. I had to hire nannies. You know, I had to I had to hire nannies to make sure that I was at work on time. Yeah. You know, because we had to get up at like four in the morning. Yeah, so. yeah, <laughs> and to find somebody to be there. Like, can you please like be here at three thirty in the morning? <laughs> yeah, you that's know, so amazing. That's a really good perspective for me to hear you say that. Sometimes I think that motherhood sometimes becomes this little bubble. To hear from you that perspective of like, no, things some things seem pretty good right now. Like there are some improvements that we've been making. And yeah. Society, right? Yeah, definitely. Are there, in the context of the time when you were with a young child or now, are there societal messages about motherhood that frustrate you? Huh. I think that, if anything, it is it has always been this idea of that you, when you when you become a mother, you're you're one, you're all knowing, <laughs> all of a sudden. And that you should be able to handle everything on your own. It really does take a a village. It really does take your own little village to be able to have that support. That women do need that support. Um, Anybody who's raising Mm -hmm. a child, they need that support. You know, from family, from friends, to uh, remember that, you know, they're not just a mom or a dad. That they, you know, they Mm -hmm. have their own... You know, they, you know, this is just a part of their world right now. 
I don't know. If, that's, if anything, it's that. It's just knowing that we, we do need each other. And it's not that, you know, when somebody becomes a parent and, you know, that you just kind of leave them, leave them alone to raise, you know, and, and that's it. I think it's a huge one. And, and I think we do it. Yeah. You know, like when people have babies, we kind of are like, we're going to leave them alone for a while. Mm-hmm. They, you know, we'll just let them do what they have to do. And, and that has sort of become a little bit of a norm. I remember feeling that when when I had Lena, I was feeling a little bit like, oh, I got to I got to be the one who's in charge of everything. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So now that you're a mom of a 19 year old, yeah, an adult, what does motherhood look like right now? Oh, my gosh. It it looks like Skype. Skype Where is is she and where are you? I'm in Savannah, Georgia, and she's in in Orange County, California, right now. And she's going to school. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of our time has been spent when I can catch her uh, on Skype or FaceTiming each other when we talk. It's been a challenge because this is the first time we've ever been apart. And especially, ever. yeah, and ever and and for this long, it's been about uh, nine months now. Mm-hmm. She, um, she's, but she's, I'm really, she's doing great. I'm really, really proud of her because this was a decision that she wanted. She wanted to, you know, go to school. She wanted to work. She wanted to, you know, do things for herself. And, you know, I couldn't uh, be more proud that she's able to do so because it's not easy. There are days when she calls and she's like, Mom this happened at school and you know you know these girls are acting this way at school I'm like but you're these are you're going to school with adults now they should be acting like that you know but it's still the same thing like still having to deal with that even now you know so um but still having to um you know parent her from afar and I try to give her the best advice that I can you know while she's over there Mm -hmm. having to now deal with to be in this adult world, learning new person, working with different personalities and learning how to work with people in a work environment, you know, so Mm -hmm. it's, um, it's, it's, it's a challenge, but I'm really, really proud of her. I've always been very inspired by your relationship with your daughter because you always seem like her mom, but you also have this, you've always harnessed such a respect for her. And, and I, I don't know, just from the outside, even, you know, even when she was this little nugget hanging out with us when yeah. we were, yeah. you know, in our 20s, yeah. I just mm-hmm. feel like she was this grounded kid who just was there and was herself. And I just want to know, like, are you aware of the things that you did that helped to create that relationship? Or do you feel like, I don't know what I did and she's just great. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I really don't, be quite honest, you know. Um, I don't because there are times I look back and I'm like, oh my gosh. I will say this, that there are parts of her personality that have stayed the same since she was, that I, as far back I remember is her being about two years old. There are parts of her that has just stayed the same, you know. She's always kind of had this kind of an old soul and yeah and it stayed with her even even till now you know so mm-hmm. I think that 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 helped that helped me <laughs> you were lucky to to birth an old soul yeah yeah <laughs> for sure she's a good kid yeah what do you worry about now you know I feel like I hear a lot about mom you know moms with kids in my age range, we're worried about like our kids don't eat enough vegetables and they don't sleep enough. And, you know, we're, we're very much in this little cave right now. 
are you aware of when you stopped worrying about those things and, and the, the worries changed? Or, or do you still just worry about the same stuff? Oh, yeah, I still worry about the same things. I still worry that about her, uh, her eating habits for sure. And I also worry about, you know, just making sure that her, that she's feeling uh, grounded within herself. And I know that's hard because she's, she's just now discovering herself as a young lady. And I know it's, it can be, it's, it's difficult. And so me being so far away when she's going through things, you know, I, I worry about her, her mental wellness, you know, yeah. that's a whole other thing because we live in a different yeah. time now. It's very easy to, you know, be stuck on our phones and can start to compare life and what that does to a person who's so young when they're just now trying to discover yes. themselves and you can't help it. You can't help but compare life when you're constantly looking at what people are doing, you know, and what that actually yes. does to us. Yeah. So those are the things I worry about now with her is just trying to help make sure that she knows that find her own self-worth in this world and um, just continues to believe in herself as, as corny as that may sound, but it's really, really important these days, I think. Do you feel like there was anything, any part of your motherhood that felt unique? Like, you know what? I don't think a lot of other, this is something that I'm going through that not a lot of other moms are going through. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if it was so, I don't know if it's so unique. I know, I think that because I think there are a lot of um, young single mothers, mm-hmm. maybe mine was unique because, um, you know, I kind of toted her around <laughs> everywhere I went. She was there if I was working at, you know, as a singer, she was there in the sound booth sometimes. <laughs> like I just took her, mm-hmm. she was there. She was the theater kid behind the scenes, you know. I, maybe those experiences are, are a bit unique, but. Maybe not. I don't. I don't know. What do you think you're really good at? That's some like superpower that you have as a mom. Not sure. <laughs> you're just too. You just have way too much humility. Aisha, yeah, I just I think. can't think of anything. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> hmm. Oh, that's a good question. I mean, you can keep thinking about that if something yeah. comes to you. Let me know. I find a lot of comfort when I think about you. <laughs> um, I do. I find a lot of comfort when I think about you because. There, I think there's so much fear that we have as mothers about, you know, letting letting our children grow up and really wanting them to be ready for the world. And you're sort of witnessing right now, like yeah. the fruits of your labor. All right. She's doing it. Yeah. Like all of these things that I was trying to do, she's doing it now. Right. I don't know. Not that I want you to like give advice if you don't feel comfortable doing it. But what do you think you would say to moms who are on the same path, but they're just, you know... 15 years or 10 years before now? I would say be as present as you can when you're with your children, when you're, when mm. you're with them. Like, be, be present and, you know, just let them explore. Let them, let them figure things out. But mainly just really being present when you're in a room with them. Yeah, because time, time goes. It does go by very, very quickly. And, yeah, the next thing you know, you, you've gone from having this little baby to you're having a 19-year-old. And so these moments of you being there, those are the things that they remember the most, you know. So be present. Can you speak to your experience being a mom of color, raising a child of color? You know, uh, for me, it was important. I, that is something I do, I do feel that it was important for me to hopefully instill in her some sort of pride of self of who she was, you know, when it comes to her color. Because I can remember when she was about uh, uh, four years old and she came home and she was like, Mom, um, 
a little weepy eye. She's like, Mom, my teacher told me that I was black. And so... had been Martin Luther, it was like a Martin Luther King Day celebration, so they were reading yes. about him, and so yeah. the teacher would, had gone around the room and was telling everybody that, you know, what Nat, what they were, and she said, oh. mom, yeah, and she says, but mom, I'm brown, I'm brown. Oh, <laughs> yeah, you like, know, I know my colors, yes. mom. She's like, yeah. I am brown, I am not black, you know, it was just, <laughs> you know, having to, um, she went to a lot of schools where she was usually the minority. And so it was pointed out quite a, a lot. And it started at that very young age of four four years old. And so... Um, what? Was the teacher... Was it a white teacher? Yes, it was. Who just, who just said to you like... Yeah. Yeah, she she wanted to, po- to point out that she was black. And so, you know, she just... Could, she hadn't heard that word in that kind of a way, and she didn't know. Mm-hmm. She didn't know. So, when you talked about your identity with her, mm-hmm. what? How did you describe yourselves? How did you talk about your identity? Well, I didn't make. I never made such a big deal about us being people of color. It just was. Yeah. You know what I mean? It, and yeah. it just is. Mm-hmm. And it's just. I mean, she grew up with me, who I have a very uh, a Caribbean family. We're Trinidadian Guyanese. So mm-hmm. she got to learn, grow up with her, her culture, you know, and, and she, yes. and she's found a lot of pride in that. And so as she's gotten older, mm-hmm. she's able to tell, you know, when she was in school, she's like, you know, I have, these are my roots and, you know, I'm proud of yes. these things. It became something she was really proud of. And, you know, even to the point where her last year of high school, I think she ended up um, starting the black student union you know, at her school. And although she was, they were still the minority at that school, they had people in that, in, in that union who were, who were not all um, black, black kids. It was just people who wanted to support that at the school support, Mm -hmm. you know, they were supporting each other. So, um, you know, it was, I I tried to expose her to things um, early on um, to help keep her educated about what it's like being, you know, reading stories about people who have persevered in this country, who are people of color and just hope and just was hoping that it's it stuck somewhere <laughs> it's yes. stuck somewhere in her you know you know have pride in her hair I mean that's a big deal you know I just yes. I really never wanted her to straighten her hair or anything like that so I mean she does it now because that's a choice of hers so she can flip back and forth but she doesn't have a problem with who how her appearance is she doesn't have a problem with how her hair is curly or anything like that because you know I just I try mm-hmm. to make it a non-issue yeah, and you sort of modeled it too. You modeled yeah. it with your own, like your own ways of expressing. It, yeah, exactly. Do you remember? How, do you remember how you felt when that white teacher was just like? I don't know. Yeah, I know, I know. It, it does. I, we've had. A, I, I I probably recall a few instances like that where um, they were completely out of line for you know how they spoke to the, all the kids and, and pointing things out in, in in a way that I felt was a bit irresponsible. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. It, it, it's something that I believe uh, children of color deal with a lot, particularly yeah. when they're yeah. the minority at a school. Absolutely. You know? And so mm-hmm. um, when it does come up, you do, you just have to you have to talk to them and help them get through it. Yeah. I I appreciate this um, perspective, you know, because I think that right now we are living in a in a cultural climate where people are sort of easy to get really angry and 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 sort of lash out yeah right like when when they're facing injustice and i i appreciate 
that fire and I appreciate that instinct to say like something's not right but but I am also witnessing that like I don't know if it's helpful right yes and sort of what you're describing you know I grew up as the only Asian kid in a totally white class for a while Mm -hmm. and and like there is a skill to being able to be in that in that room and know who you are a hundred percent without being overcome by anger and um yeah, because you, it, you're absolutely right. You learn it from young. You learn how to, it is a skill that you learn um, because it goes, to, it's something that we have to deal with throughout the rest of our lives, you know. Um, hopefully, yeah. you know, in the, in the future, things will, won't be so much like this. But right now, I mean, I'm 39 years old and I still have to deal with those things. So when you grew up in Orange County, what did your community look like? Oh, goodness gracious. Yeah, it was, um, I grew up in, <laughs> I grew up as a, a, a little Caribbean kid in an all-white neighborhood in Orange County. It was very, uh, <laughs> that was a very unique experience, I would say, because um, if there were any um, uh, other black people that lived in the neighborhood, they were black American and they weren't different. We were different. I wonder if the fact that you've that you have had these experiences of being unique in in the context of a larger culture sort of set you up for doing things differently from other people, like trying to maintain your creative all your creative pursuits. I feel inspired by how you do follow. Thank you. I, yeah, I just I can't, I can't I can't help myself. You know, I just can't. You know, it's just something in me that just needs to needs to do things. It's just, I need to grow. I need to grow. And so like I'm here, I came to Savannah to um, write my second children's book and I wanted to learn about the South. So I ended up here in Savannah and I ended up working here at this, um, at an African art museum. So I'm having this opportunity here to learn about Africa through this museum. Things that we are not taught in schools, learning about civilization, African civilizations that predate slavery slavery coming to the Americas. It's been an awesome experience because it has opened my mind up to so many different things um, and also, you know, helping me gain material for my writing that I didn't know that I was going to be experiencing, you know. So it's a, it's a it's a different path that I didn't even see myself on, but it allows me to still be able to use my creativity. It's allowed me to get to know a, a different type of people other than where I grew up. And California is a totally different bubble than living in the yeah. South. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a totally different experience. Do you feel like there's anything about your journey as a mom that you want to share that I haven't really directed you toward? You know, I, you know, I honestly, even I think when I think about my journey as a, mo- a mother, and particularly the parts where I did have to um, uh, raise my child alone, I, I actually wouldn't do it any different. I actually have no regrets in that area. I I enjoyed it very much. Her her younger years, I enjoyed being a mother. Um, and there's I don't really have any regret, regrets in that area. It was um it's been it's been great. I love hearing that. We just recorded a conversation where we talked about, you know, your your relationship with your spouse if you were married to someone after having children and I have wondered sometimes whether whether people who end up being single parents, whether that alleviates some of the stress of having to be fighting with someone about how you are raising a child. Yes, it does. <laughs> there, that, that, I believe that, yeah. To be, to, be, to be perfectly honest, yes. Yes, it did. Because I didn't have yes. to, I didn't have to um, 
argue about whether or not she should be doing this or doing that. All the decision making was on me. I understand. It's 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 for me. It was it it helped me raise her. But it, having both parents having their input is definitely something that children do need. Um, you know, they need to mm-hmm. be be able to have to know that they are loved by both of their parents. That it's necessary. It's a necessary uh, thing to me. I believe so. You know, um, even though it it was it was helpful for me, you know, or I didn't have any have to answer to anything or you know have any um, combative <laughs> arguments too much. I don't know um, because I am thinking now. Actually, you you were both together until she was about four, right? So there mm-hmm. was a period of time when you were doing it together. Yeah. And then I know that he moved and he moved to follow a pursuit mm-hmm. he moved to follow a project right yeah at some point there was this evaluation of your relationship and saying yeah okay it's not it should not be and I think that they're so brave what gave you the strength to say we're gonna break this off you know I don't I, th- I was just you know at that time I knew that I just knew that it wasn't something that was gonna last for a long time I was just unhappy I was suffering from depression a lot of the time. And I knew that, you know, I knew it was because I wasn't, I was not, I just wasn't happy in that, in that relationship. And I believe he wasn't happy either. You know, he was young, Mm -hmm. he was young as well. And so, you know, I just, I went to, um, I remember I was walking in the neighborhood I was living in Los Angeles and there was a coffee shop. It was, and it had uh, a lawyer, a divorce lawyer in the coffee shop. Like that was their office. And I went in there and (laughs) it was very casual you know yeah and you know there was a woman there and I talked to her about divorcing and it was very she just made it sound so easy like it wasn't this overly complicated thing and it kind of just helped Mm -hmm. lift that you know me feeling like it was just going to be too hard you know and it just kind of had to you know I let go of everything I didn't try to hold on to things like I need you to give me this you know I need you to give me that I need, you know, money for here and there. I, I just didn't want anything. I just want us to be able to go and live our that's, lives and that's it. So I just, to me, it was just easier just to let go instead of trying to hold on yeah. in all these different kind of ways. And to me, that is what helped me throughout my whole journey as, as, a, as a parent and a mother with her. It was just learning how to let go of things that I didn't need in my life because those are burdens that you hold on and then, and, you, and they're just things that you don't, you, you know, you, you, you're holding on to this energy, this like animosity or, you know, feeling angry towards somebody because they didn't fulfill this, this dream that you wanted. But, you, you know, it's like you don't, you don't need to hold on to those things because it only tears yeah. you down because you're the one that has to suffer for it. Where did that wisdom come from? I don't from, know. Though? <laughs> <laughs> it's all right. You know, it's... <laughs> I don't know. I think it's my oh, no. my lens is sometimes this way. I think also because I, I have a background in social work or, you know, I, I, I went to school for it. And so sometimes I'm just so curious about, like, the origins of things. It was you know? probably and... watching Oprah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Thank you, Oprah. You know, it probably was watching all that stuff, on watching Oprah, watching those talk shows back in the day because I used to be the popular thing, remember? And so you see people's lives on television and how people were just holding on to, to energy and, and ideas and physical and, and material things that they don't really need. This, these are not the things that are going to make you happy. You know, you're going to constantly be trying to keep tabs. And what kind of life is that? So I just like, I don't need that. 
Well, and that's so connected now to the energy work that you do. Yeah. When you move toward gaining more experience and um, more training in that realm, what did that look like for you? A lot of self, a lot of work on self. It it really was. I spent about Mm -hmm. uh, a couple of years actually just working on the things in myself that I had buried deep down that I didn't want to address, you know, and so it was a lot of learning how to love myself. Um, for the person that I am, I was at the moment or I am becoming and not the person that I was. And so, you know, it was, it was, can you share some examples? Do you feel like you can give an example of a burden or a negative pattern of thinking or something that you had been carrying? One that I had been carrying was, a, it was my relationship with my own mother because my own mother was growing up was a very tough lady who didn't really show a whole lot of emotion. And so I, my, my parents didn't uh, show a lot of affection growing up. And so, you know, I kind of, I mirrored that in my first relationship. And I mirrored that um, with a lot of my relationships. And so I had to heal that part of me that was kind of felt disconnected from my own mother, you know, yeah. because I, I felt like I never was shown that type of love and affection as much growing up even though it, she did it in her own way you know sure but of it was it's it's like a lot of stuff you're saying yeah. by the way really resonates yeah. with me um being from an asian yeah. family culturally i don't show you this. yeah exactly i don't show you yeah and when you're growing up in an american society and like being fed american images of what love yes. looks like from your mother and you're like but that's not what my yes. family looks exactly. like exactly that's hard it's really hard because then people tell you that yeah. it's wrong you know and it's you yeah. know and it was and so it becomes like this inner conflict of, well, what's wrong with my family? What's wrong with me? You know, why is there this disconnect? So that was something that, you know, I had to learn as I was raising my own child. You know, I wanted to mm-hmm. show her more hugs and kisses and, and things like that that I didn't get growing up. Those were things that I was constantly, constantly working on with all kinds of relationships, not just my relationship with my child or my relationship with somebody I was dating. There's also relationships with mm-hmm. people as friends, like just learning yeah. how to be just a little more vulnerable, you know, and just, you know, yes. just being a little more like, okay, um, I can hug you. <laughs> like, you know, I can, you know, yeah. I can, I can, I can. <laughs> I feel you know? it though. It, yeah, that's yeah, real. But, it's, but I really had to, I really had to be um, conscious of that. And that was something that I was, you know, working on in my healing process was being more open in that way of feeling, you know, and being able to see people for who they are as well. I'm really grateful to have had this chance to talk with you. Thank you. Thanks for making the time. Yes, of course. Thank you. Thank you for um, reaching out to me and asking me to do this. This feels uh, really good. It's so good to see you. Oh, it's, it's so, far so good to yeah, see you too. So good to see oh, you. We, you look exactly yeah, the same. We, I, yeah, you did too. <laughs> we haven't aged, girl. We the same. We're not aging. <laughs> not at all. It's because we're listening to ourselves yes. and healing. Yes, I we think are. that's why. Yeah. You know, not hanging on to the negativity. <laughs> Yeah. Thank you so much for joining us this episode. The moms you hear from on our podcast are encouraged to speak honestly and unapologetically about their experiences and choices. But the stories and points of view heard here do not reflect any official view of our podcast. 
we hope that being a part of these conversations will encourage all of us to turn toward ourselves and embrace motherhood our kind of way. Please follow us on Instagram or Facebook at Motherhood Every Kind of Way or email us at motherhoodeverykindofway at gmail.com. And a special thanks to Bea Serene for letting us use your beautiful music. Thank you.